Hello and welcome to the East Meets West podcast on health and medicine. I'm your host, Dr. David Cherian, and this is the podcast where we talk about health and disease from a Western medicine perspective, and then we also look at it from a Chinese medicine perspective. Uh, For those of you who are new here, I have a um, background in Western medicine as an allopathic physician. I practice in Houston, Texas, and I also have a knowledge of Chinese medicine. I am a licensed acupuncturist as well. And so we get to really bring the best of both worlds and look at how to optimally treat all different types of conditions with both with both a Eastern and Western perspective. And so we always talk about different podcasts on different topics on our podcast and Today, I am going to talk about acne and what it is, what causes it, and then we're going to look at it from a Chinese medicine perspective. So first of all, acne is very common. It's thought in adolescents to be anywhere from 50 to 90% of adolescents will get some level of acne, and it does go down over time. So Statistically, in your 20s, about 40 to 50% of people will have some acne. And then every decade, it kind of goes down. In your 30s, about 20 to 35%, all the way down to around 10% after age 50. So it is something that is more common when you're younger, and it decreases over time. Now, one of the difficulties is it can cause scarring if it's severe, And so it is a problem that can cause persistent symptoms even once it is happening less and less. So it's something that's important, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about here. So the pathogenesis or the way that acne develops is not completely understood from a Western medicine standpoint, but it seems to be a a complex interaction from a few different things. You have the sebaceous glands and and you can have, those are the glands in the skin and when they produce too much sebum, it can contribute to it along with increased growth of um, bacteria on the skin. There's a specific bacteria, Cutibacterium acnes, which is the bacteria that's thought to be playing a role in it. And it's a normal part of your skin. It's considered normal skin flora. But in patients who have acne, this tends to grow and be the one that can cause those little pustules. And then along with all of that, you also have inflammation. And we know that hormones and the androgens of the body, which can, um, which can cause during periods of worsening acne to have cyclical growth and worsening of acne. So some people might notice it, especially women might notice it occurs more during certain times of the menstrual cycle because of the change in the hormones. So these are some of the different factors from a Western medicine perspective that can cause acne. One of the questions that commonly come up is what does Western medicine have to say about diet? Now in Chinese medicine, diet is a very different question and there are different things that can make it worse and better. But from a Western medicine perspective, there's not a lot of clear evidence. Um, there's been 
discussion on whether milk might make it worse and it's unclear whether it's all types of milk or just skim and low fat milk um some studies have suggested that whole milk is okay for a long time people thought chocolate was a big contributor to acne but that has not really been definitively shown so there's probably more evidence for milk as opposed to chocolate but those were a couple things there's also been a concern for stress being a contributor to acne and potentially having a lot of stress in your life or being in stressful situations can make it worse. I would say that's something to look at a little bit more just on an individual basis. If you notice worsening with that, then maybe it is contributing, but not necessarily uniformly. There's a few different terms doctors use to describe the lesions of acne, and typically acne will occur on the face, the neck, the chest, the upper back, and upper arms. That's the usual distribution of where it is. And and like I said, doctors have a few different terms that we use to describe the actual lesions. So there are closed comedones, and these are these are not inflammatory. They're typically a little more skin colored and they have a whitish type of papule. Then there's also the open comedones and these are also similar. They're small, they're less than five millimeters, uh, but they have a more gray or black type of uh, head. And then those are the first two. Then you have a papulopustular acne and these are inflamed. The first two, the closed and open comedones, those are not inflamed. But the papulopustular acne, that's when you have inflammation involved. And they're also smaller. They tend to be less than five millimeters. And then, then you have nodular acne. And nodular acne is when the, when the lesions are larger. They're over five millimeters and they are deeper, they're more inflamed, they can be a little bit more uh, painful, and they are, are larger. So those are the usual terms that we, that we as doctors try to describe acne with. So one of the reasons people look for treatment for acne is not just for the immediate benefit and trying to feel better and look better, but also to prevent any long-term skin changes because not in everyone but in some people acne can cause long-term skin changes and there's a couple different things it can do one is called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and we talked earlier about how there are inflammatory lesions in acne and non-inflammatory lesions and if you have the inflammatory type of lesions where there's redness involved in the skin and you see that inflammation it can cause you to have um, what we call hyperpigmentation or uh, darkening of that area over time and that can last for a long time it can last for months uh, without treatment and even if the acne is relatively mild if you have inflammation it can cause this hyperpigmentation so that's one of the changes that can happen um, with acne that is more long-lasting than just the immediate acne 
Now, the other change that can happen, and this is probably what patients who have acne want to try and avoid even more, is is scarring. Because, again, with that inflammation, if you have inflammatory acne with the redness, with those red pustules, then that kind of inflammation can cause scarring. And even for years afterwards, once the acne has resolved, you can have um, depressions and scars and uh, different types of tri- uh, scars or hypertrophia and, and sometimes even keloids. And so those are also complications that can happen from acne. So those are some of the different reasons people want to treat acne, even if it may not bother you in the immediate sense. As far as treatment goes in Western medicine, I'm going to talk about some of the general principles first, and then we'll talk about the medication options. I think first thing is just in general, you want to do good skin care, and that's an important part of treating acne. Um, there's a few things that we commonly recommend to to do and not do in acne. Number one, you want to just avoid picking the lesions, the pustules. You don't want to keep picking it because that causes skin trauma. It can make scarring worse. It can introduce more bacteria. So just in general, try not to pick at it. You don't want to aggressively scrub or use abrasives on your lesion. Sometimes people think, you know, you just need to to get a deep scrub and, and, and get that dirt out of there. And that's what's the problem. And so they they do strong scrubbing, but that also is not good because it causes mechanical trauma to the area and that can make inflammation work worse and inflammation is one of the the key drivers to acne so just gently massaging to you know if you need to clean your face using gentle massaging with your fingertips is fine you don't want to try to scrub it out and then you want to try to use um, gentle skin cleansers um, you know you want to look for these specific products. They have a, a little bit lower pH. Um, their typical soap is a little bit more basic, but these uh, gentle skin cleansers, they are a little more acidic and they're a little closer to the um, pH of normal skin. And so that helps to reduce skin irritation and dryness. So you want to try to find gentle skin cleansers rather than your regular soaps and scrubs. Um, so those are some of the key things. We talked a little bit about about food, like I said earlier, there's nothing really shown about chocolate being bad. Um, and maybe for some people, milk might be a driver in it, but it's not something we necessarily recommend for everybody. If you notice it makes a big difference for you, that might be worth it to cut back on, but um, that's still in question. And then Another important thing to keep in mind when it comes to acne treatment from a Western medicine perspective is it's it can take time and it can take several months for a treatment plan to be implemented and to work. And one of the reasons this is true is because there's different types of treatment for acne and they target different causes of it. So earlier I had talked about how some of it is related to inflammation, some of it is related to bacterial growth, some of it is related to uh, hormones in the body. Lots of different factors um, are at play in acne, and from person to person, those factors vary in the importance of 
of what is driving the acne. So different medications will be more beneficial or less beneficial for different people. And so one of the things that your doctor will have to do is is just try. And most doctors kind of have a typical routine that they start with everybody. But then based on whether you're responding well or not, they may need to change it. And then to find whether those changes are working or not, it can take a few months because you have the active lesions that you are that need to get resolved. And then a lot of the medications are actually trying to work to prevent future lesions. So that whole process can take several weeks, at least two to three months usually. As far as actual treatment goes, like I said earlier, a big part of it is going to depend on how severe it is and whether there's inflammation or not. If there's no inflammation, your doctor may choose to just do topical retinoids, and especially if it's a milder form. And so topical tretinoin, the, that's probably the main one. The, there's a few different brand names that you may have heard of, Retin-A, Renova, Avita. Those are topical tretinoins. Now, if you also do have inflammation, um, then your doctor is probably going to add, along with that, a, another topical medication called benzoyl peroxide. And that can come in a number of different variations, but it's going to all have some ingredient of benzoyl peroxide, which helps to reduce the bacteria count and help reduce the inflammation. If you have more severe, moderate to severe acne and, and or it's not working with the initial treatments, then you may need stronger treatments. And I'm not going to go into too much detail here. Usually, if you're at this point, you are going to be under the care of a dermatologist. Some of the treatments um, are oral antibiotics. Uh, if you're For females, they may also prescribe oral birth control pills, again, to help regulate the, um, the hormones. There's also oral isotretinoin, and that is... Um, there's brand names like uh, Accutane. That's probably one of the more commonly one, commonly known one. But those do have much stronger side effects, and you are going to be under close monitoring with your dermatologist if you are going down that route. And so that's actually one of the reasons patients come to us for acne treatment because they're needing stronger treatments and they kind of want to try um, other options before they have to commit to do those things. So let's talk a little bit about it from a Chinese medicine perspective now that we've covered most of it from a Western medicine perspective. And what I really wanted to talk about was kind of how we look at heat and skin disorders in Chinese medicine. And I'll give a, a couple herbal examples of this later on. But first of all, acne, and not just acne, but different types of skin disorders in Chinese medicine often have relation to heat. They're not necessarily caused directly from heat at a superficial level, but they are oftentimes associated with it. And what I mean by that is in Chinese medicine, we look at whether a person has an overall heat constitution or a cooler constitution, whether they predisposed to being hot or predisposed to being cold. Most people are in one of those two categories. The more in balance you are, the more neutral you are, the better your health will be and the less you'll swing or um, 
or go from one side to the other. But in acne and several skin disorders, heat is oftentimes very associated. Now, a key part of treatment, and this is why you want to see somebody who really knows what they're doing, is because heat can manifest in various places in the body and it can be at different levels. You can have it at superficial levels, you can have it at deep levels. Typically in acne, when we see um, inflammatory lesions and red, a lot of redness, that at some level indicates heat at a superficial level. Now, the question is whether it goes deeper down into the body. In Chinese medicine, one of the classification systems for diseases is the four stages. And you can have the Wei level, which is the superficial level. And then you can also have deeper levels like the Qi level, the Yin level, which is kind of the nutritive part of the body. And then you can have the Shui level, which is the blood level. And that's the deepest level of the body. Now, in some cases of skin lesions, including acne, you can have heat be present in deeper levels of the body down into the yin and the shui level. And that could be causing pustules and it could be causing acne. Now, a lot of the times what we see is it doesn't go necessarily that deep and you have it in more superficial levels in the way level. And in those scenarios, we can use lighter herbs that are good for clearing heat. And a couple of the herbs that I, I was just going to mention today is uh, an herbal combination of Gugen and Shang Ma. And both of these herbs, actually, this two herbs were paired together over a thousand years ago initially and in, in when they were first used. That's when they were kind of first discovered as an herbal pair. And they both work together to help release and relieve heat in the more superficial levels of the body. So, for example, Gugen is an herb that helps to release heat in the muscle layer of the body. And in different types of disorders, you can have what we call heat constraint in the muscle layers. And even in, sometimes this, this herb is used in cases where patients have uh, flu symptoms or viral illness symptoms. And and on top of that, they have bad body aches. In Chinese medicine, that could be related to pathogens being constrained in the muscle layer of the body. And so Gogen is an herb that helps to uh, what we call release the muscle layer and vent rashes outward. And then the other herb that I was going to talk about was Shang Ma. And Shang Ma is an herb that is a type of herb that we classify as releasing exterior uh, wind heat. And so whenever there's pathogens on the superficial part of the body, the exterior, or what you might think of as the skin, we classify them in Chinese medicine as either heat or cold. And sometimes they can be also combined with wind so that you have wind heat or wind cold. And we do a number of different things to examine whether it's one type or the other, including checking your pulse and asking what types of symptoms you have. And Shang Ma is a, is a cooler herb that can help to release this heat and wind heat on the exterior. So you have Shang Ma, which helps to release the really superficial level. Then you have Gugen, which is acting a little bit deeper on the muscle layer. 
And so both of those combined together help to release um, uh, pathogens from the more superficial levels of the body. And interestingly, actually, both of these herbs were used together in a formula. Um, it was called Shengma Gugantong, and it was a formula that was initially derived to treat measles in, in China. And um, it was used for treatment of measles and especially to help um, to help express and remove measles. And the, it was thought that this formula helped to, um, to raise the pathogens that were still present in the muscle layer and exp- expel it out through the skin. Now, that's changed over time. Um, later on in the 1700s, uh, physicians who were using that formula started having other theories about whether that was a good idea or not to use for measles. But still, that herbal pairing of Gugen and Shang Ma together was still recognized and known to be good for helping to especially relieve the superficial layer. And so, anyways, kind of going back to acne, one of the things that we try to do for our patients in terms of treatment is we need to identify where the heat is coming from in the body. And everyone has different reasons. And then once we identify that, then the goal is to really um, figure out what's the best way to rechannel that heat in more productive ways to um, prevent it from having to come out through the skin and through the pores and coming out through acne. And so um, that's a big part of the individualization and differentiation of what we do in our clinic. And, And this is important for you to understand because you need to be able to have an individualized approach to your treatment in Chinese medicine. And if you go somewhere and they say you have acne and they do the same kind of herbal wash that they do for everybody else, you're not going to be getting the real benefit and individualization um, that Chinese medicine provides. Because Chinese medicine is really about trying to identify the underlying causes and treat the underlying things that are causing your problems. So that's a little bit about acne and the treatment of it from both a Western as well as Eastern medicine perspective. And so I hope that helps you guys. If acne is something that has been bothering you or you've tried treatments for it and maybe the milder medications didn't work and you're having to consider doing stronger treatments or nothing's working for you either, or you just want to just try something else other than the typical medications. If you're interested in Chinese medicine, make sure you see somebody who really knows what we're doing and what they're doing and and give us a call. Check out our website, www.houstonacupuncture.com. Like I said, I have a, a background in both Western and Eastern medicine. You're really going to get the expertise from both perspectives and we think we can help a majority of the patients who come to see us and so so if you have more questions you want to talk more about it you want to find out about the services we provide again reach out to us www.houstonacupuncture.com and that's everything for this episode and we will see you next time on the east meets west podcast